Hi, this is Scott Beckstead with the Humane Society of the United States. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in the main. Right. Right. Well, you just uh, joined just, us at exactly the right time. Just came uh, squeaking in Mr. DeMaio in here. just walked into uh, the room. I know deadlines. He knows deadlines. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> you know, when you when you got that uh, TV thing going, you've got, okay, you got three seconds. Let's go. <laughs> and, it's like uh, how many seconds are the weatherman's minute? <laughs> I don't know. It's 90. 90? Oh, really? Yeah, it's an idea. Oh, I, d- I thought it was going to be 32 or something. No, you go longer than what they give you. That's Obviously, always. Because the weather never gets enough time. No, that's all right. Um, it's gotten a lot of time lately. It, it sure has, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. Welcome, and welcome the folks. There are folks uh, joining us live. Uh, Mr. Nugent, Dick Nugget, is uh, uh, on uh, Facebook Live with us. Uh, we're streaming on Facebook Live right now, and that woman you see to my left, your right, is Harriet Festing from Flood Forum USA. Who's breathing into the mic? That's Demile. You're breathing into I'm the mic. Still, he jogged I'm, over. I, no, I rode my bike. <laughs> did, yeah, so did Harriet. We got these both. Both Harriet. Boy, we're slackers today. And Rick Demile. I know. Thanks, really, guys. Yeah, really, make us look bad. Okay. So, how far did you ride in, Harriet? What did I ride? No, how far did you ride in? Oh, seven miles. What about you? Uh, point seven. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that far. Okay, Harriet wins. All right. <laughs> she wins. Uh, and uh, we're here to talk about flooding. Hey, how oh, about that? This is uh, catastrophic flooding. Catastrophic flooding, but catastrophic flooding that's now starting to happen every year. Um, uh, you know, if you look at, we were talking about this on Mighty House just before uh, the top of the hour, and uh, Ron didn't know that Houston has had floods in the last three years, mm-hmm. three yeah. years in a row. So, some, you know, is this just bad luck? I don't think so. Well, it's bad luck if you move to Houston mm-hmm. right, right now. That's That might not be a good and thing. And each one of those floods was a 500-year flood. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the scary part. Flooding yeah. is flooding if it's just a normal flood, which happens. But when it's a 500-year flood... You got to either change the the the, the term five hundred year flood mm-hmm. or, or say, okay, folks, we got to do something about this. Well, I think we are going to have to uh, change the definition of five hundred year flood. It's it's just it has to happen at this point because the weather has changed, the climate has changed, and now we are getting these events. Um, and certainly uh, in Houston, and and it's a combination of things, and we're going to talk about it all mm-hmm. on the show today because I don't want to get started yeah. too fast here sure. because we. Uh, I, first of all, I want folks to uh, go to my website, MikeNovak.net, and if you do, you're going to see this page, and I just kind of went nuts listing mm. all the different stories and all the different Ugh. coverage that we've had. <laughs> like, for instance, this is all these stories here are just about climate change. The next ones, these are all about uh, land use policies mm-hmm. in Houston. And then we have um, the chemical plant, mm-hmm. which is another issue altogether, yeah. uh, and social justice. Uh, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, this uh, is what you normally expect after the storm. You don't want to do this during the storm. You want to, you want to give some time for people to 
recover and respond mentally, and then you start to hit the reasons why it happened and why and how it could be fixed. But we're still kind of in the middle of it. Oh, which, yeah. I oh, know. Yeah, I mean, well, with the, and, and the storm hasn't even left the uh, continental United mm-hmm. States yet. Mm-hmm. It's it's still pouring rain on parts of the country. Yeah, Tennessee and Kentucky in the last 24 hours have gotten eight to nine inches of rain. Holy smoke. That's know, a lot wow. of rain. I know. <laughs> we had six inches here at the Chicago Botanic Garden, and it was flood city. It was everything was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're getting eight to nine, and that's not that's just a fraction of what happened in Houston. Right. And those are hilly areas as well in yeah, Kentucky well, and Tennessee. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's Rick DeMille, meteorologist, uh, and uh, he will be talking about the weather and climate aspect of this. Harriet Festing is, is here also from Flood Forum USA, and she's going to talk about some policy and some mitigation and just the kinds of things that we need to be thinking about in the 21st century as we change our weather patterns. We will need to, we need to take a break first, though, and Peggy will start that. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two, yes, two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display. The award-winning traveling exhibit, Sustainable Choices, and Area College and University Solar and Super Mileage Team Race Cars. You can visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy-saving inventions and finds. Of course, there's more than 70 green exhibitors and vendors of all kinds, including some invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. There's even going to be pumpkin and fall Decor composting. So it's uh, McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash Green Expo or call 815-479-7765. You forgot to say that we were going to be there. I know, but I'm hearing the music in the background. Uh, don't panic. We got. We yes, got, we Mike got, and Peggy got, will be there. All right. <laughs> and Rick DeMaio and Harriet <laughs> Festing next. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Streets Alive is Evanston's free annual Open Streets event, and it's coming to Main Street in Evanston this September 10th from 1 to 5 p.m. Streets Alive features a climbing wall, yoga, karate demos, music, interactive art, delicious food, and more. It also includes the Evanston Green Living Festival for folks looking for products, services, and ideas that promote sustainable lifestyles. For details, visit evanstonstreetsalive.org. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Find out what's going on in Evanston. Tune in to Haggerty's Huddle every other Monday on French and Friends. Brought to you by Chicago Lee Magazine. Name the city's top magazine. Don't just read more, read better. How high's the water, mama? Two feet high and rise. How high's the water, papa? She said it's two feet high and rise. But we can make it to the road in a homemade boat Cause that's the only thing we got left that'll float It's already over all the wheat notes Two feet high and rising And he didn't even imagine nope. What could happen in the city of Houston uh, Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki uh, We're very pleased to have uh, b- both folks in the studio today Harriet Festing from Flood Forum USA and meteorologist Rick DeMille. Harriet, let's start with you. Uh, I, I, 
you have a history. You've been on my program before um, you, when you were working with Rain Ready, which is part of uh, the Center for Neighborhood Technology. So you helped put that whole idea together. In fact, you were, you were the founder of that, weren't you? I was, certainly, yes. And, Thank and, you. And so what's the difference between what Rain Ready is doing and what uh, Flood Forum USA is doing now that you've moved on to Flood Forum, which is completely independent from the S- uh, Center for Neighborhood Technology? Yeah, yeah. It's a new nonprofit. We launched um, in April 2017. We have the goal of helping those people harmed by flooding get organized, heard, and supported. Um, so the difference really is that for you to get the demand for the kind of services that we were putting in place with Rain Ready, you actually need to have citizens who are organized and mobilized. So our premise is that if you want to get action on climate change and on flooding, uh, the most uh, compelling voices are the people who are directly affected. But their voices are, are stymied because they're often, as you'll see from Hurricane Harvey, they're often made homeless. Uh, they lack organization. Uh, the government seeks to ignore them or effectively silence them. And so our job is to kind of get them organized and get their voices heard. Well, and they're ignored in that you have people. OK, let's use Texas as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of legislators in Texas who don't even accept the premise of climate change. If we're going to start there, you might as well just say, OK, let's throw some money at this people and we'll move on to the next disaster, because that's the only response you can have. If, if you're not going to change policy, then... Um, End of story. We're done here. Let's move on. Absolutely. I mean, I think there are sort of three things that you need to do to tackle the kind of problem that we faced with Hurricane Harvey. The first, absolute foundational, is acknowledge the risk. The second is to get the kind of leadership and uh, collaborative partnerships in place to then tackle that. And then the third is to actually act. And that action has to happen on two scales. One is you need to do the kind of the scale of investment that would actually reduce flooding uh, impacts when it happens. And then the other one is actually coordinate emergency services uh, so that it can actually, you know, when it does happen, and of course flooding will always happen, but they can actually respond. And I would say that Houston failed on every single level at a, at a terrible scale. Uh, it, it looks that way. And again, I, I was talking uh, to Ron Cogill before this show, before 10 o'clock, about this amazing article which I think uh, all folks should read. And I don't know if you've seen this one. Uh, it is Boom, uh, Boomtown Flood Town. It was an article put together in December of last year. That's the amazing thing. Hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you go to this uh, article, which is uh, done by ProPublica and the Texas Tribune, uh, and on the left side you will see the article, and then the maps, as you scroll down and read the article, the maps pop up. Look at the buildings flooded in 2016, the buildings flooded in 2015, FEMA 100-year flood zones, FEMA 500-year flood zones. Meanwhile, you're reading uh, the, the history of failure, the fail- and then and it moves on and look at the, the, the different things. They, they talk about Katy Prairie and Cypress It points Creek. everything out. To its exact spot, it's it's just incredible. It just yeah. tells you where they started building, what the consequences were of the building, how many of those people got affected, and it goes on and on. It's the most comprehensive thing I think I've ever seen. It's incredible. And the, the, in that article, it references the group that I've been working with called mm-hmm. Residents Against Flooding. Yeah. Um, an amazing group of people. I went just two months ago and actually interviewed one of the leaders his home had flooded 2015. His home flooded 2016, just before Hurricane Harvey. He'd had to invest $30,000 worth in his home. I believe he flooded again. I mean, just terrible, terrible situation these people have put in. So when, as Hurricane Harvey was, was sort of starting, we knew that it was going to occur. I was already working with three flood groups in Houston Uh, These are flood groups. These are all resident-led voluntary groups to help advocate for action on flooding. Um, And I started to monitor their Facebook pages. And, you know, they were talking about, they were sharing photographs of how they were protecting their furniture, putting their sofas up and everything. And then as the hurricane hit, uh, the stories just changed dramatically. It was was terrible. I mean, I was actually in, in tears reading the postings that got more and more frantic um, particularly memorable to me was the daughter whose uh, mother had severe dementia. The father was 87 
um, and le and blind, just questioning, so exactly how am I supposed to get them up onto the roof? There was a guy who had been on the roof with his 10 cats and six dogs for 24 hours. They were phoning those phone lines again and again, and it was completely blocked. You know, it's like we're doing New Orleans all over again. When it you is, think it about is it. yeah. <clears throat> and Harriet, are you familiar with Hurricane Pam? I'm it, not. It was a fictitious hurricane. Uh -huh. Okay, Hurricane Pam was what would happen if a Category 4 hurricane hit New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, it was devised by the National uh, Weather Service and FEMA and some of the local emergency management agencies on what New Orleans need to do to prepare themselves for a hurricane just before the year 2005 started rolling in, Hurricane Pam was eventually dropped. It was basically not funded anymore. And it, everything had on it to be announced, to be determined. Mm -hmm. And it was the blueprint on what to do if a natural disaster hits New Orleans. And clearly what happened with New Orleans was a natural catastrophe. Clearly what has happened in Houston is a natural catastrophe. And it's almost like at what point do people say, you know what, we really have to invest $100 billion or, or $25 billion in the infrastructure of Houston so that we don't have to continue to spend $100 billion to fix the problems that we continue to ignore that could possibly happen? But if you look at this article and you look at the reservoirs yeah. uh, outside of Houston, there are two massive reservoirs. They were built in the 40s. Right. And in the 40s, they were actually paying attention mm -hmm. to what was going on right. and, and prepare. And it might have been the, the, the war mentality. Yeah, let's get part the, of the WPA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and let's get this done now. We've got the, the, the Army Corps of Engineers. We'll dig this out. Uh, well, it was after the flood in the 30s, too. Uh, there was a, there were floods in the 30s and as well. And it was good for the economy, Mike. And, and all of that. And since then, nothing. And not only have they not put any more reservoirs in there, and I don't know if reservoirs are the answer anyway, but people have built subdivisions right next right to, up the, to it. That's right unbelievable. Up to the reservoirs, which is the dumbest thing. And the fact that... The state of Texas allows this to happen. The city of oh. Houston allows this to happen. No it's, zoning laws. The county it's, allows it to happen. It's worse no than that they, that they they actively shut up any voice that goes against that. So mm -hmm. residents against flooding, they have been silenced in every sense. They've been working on this for, for, for years and years and eventually had taken out a lawsuit against the city because... You know, even when there are regulations, they're not enforced. Or there's all sorts of ways that they get around them. Mm -hmm. We just, at the same time, when I actually interviewed residents against flooding, I uh, we got a tour with the Harris County Flood Control District, and I almost thought that maybe I didn't hear correctly because what they were explaining to me was was laughable. They were showing me, so they showed me two things that they had they were doing to reduce flooding. The first was the, the ditches that are around, you know, at the end of houses to help take the run off from those houses. They were paving them over. Somehow or other, that was going to help. I mean, everybody else is what? doing the opposite. They, you know, they're, yeah. they're removing their they're, daylight. They're <laughs> more, more concrete, huh? I ex more exactly. flat area. Exactly. Yeah. And then the second yeah. thing, which I had always thought that elevating properties was a good thing, but they're doing it on the massive scale. And so a whole new commercial development will be elevated up shifting all that rainfall that was in that previous site onto the lower properties. Mm -hmm. So then what they do is right. try and heighten those properties. So it's just a joke. So what know? they're finding <laughs> is that the, these reservoirs, people have built below them, they've built above them. When the reservoir fills and they hold back the water, uh, it floods the, the, the properties above the reservoir. When they let it go, it floods the properties below the reservoir. This is insane. This is the, the textbook definition of insanity in, in, in my book. Uh, and it occurs to me reading all of this, and, and, and you were talking about the, the, the blowback you got. Uh, in this ProPublica article, it says the longtime head of the Flood Control District, the guy's name is Mike Talbot. Did you talk to Mike Talbot? I didn't know. I spoke to someone else in his right. staff who was also a climate change denier. And he said the claim that these magic sponges out in the prairie would have absorbed all that water is absurd. He also said Flood Control District has no plans, this is in 2016, mm -hmm. has no plans to study climate change or its impacts on Harris County, the third most populous county in the United States. He says uh, about the floods, he says, I don't think it's the new normal. He criticized scientists and conservationists for being, 
Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Anti-development. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality down there. So, okay, you want to be anti-development, and, and I know this is really, it's going to sound really harsh, so maybe this is a jumping off point. Then take away the, the payback for the flood insurance. Let people uh, uh, come and go if they've got the money. If not, let them flood out, but don't reimburse them to go back into the same floodplain. It's almost like taking the keys away from the teenager that crashed the car three times. You know what? I'm not going to give you the car anymore. I'm tired of insurance payments going up. That's it. You're not getting the car for six months. It's almost that that extreme. Mm. But this is this is by far, Mike, the most devastating thing you can actually see is when an official that high up says we're not even going to consider to even study climate change. And even when Kellyanne Conway was addressed by Chris Cuomo on CNN the other morning, he goes, at this point, do you think you should at least consider looking at how climate change may have been attributed to this? She goes, no, how can you even think long-term? We have to think short-term. By all means, you have to think short-term, but you got to begin to think long-term in these situations. So every year, every two years, every three years, and this is now every five years, between Katrina, Sandy, and now Harvey, and who knows what Irma can bring next week. That is scaring the bejesus off of everybody right now in the White House. Harvey was a game-changer. If Irma hits the East Coast, United States... The game has changed again, again, mm-hmm. and for a long time. Forget about anything that the president wants to do from an agenda standpoint. Your next year, year and a half is basically going to be resolving issues with Harvey and who knows where Irma's going to hit on the East Coast. And yet, as you say, we've got an administration that won't even recognize the idea that there might be changes in the world, in our climate that we need to address. Yes, they have to deal with. Guess what? Kellyanne Conway, you have to walk and chew gum at the same time. Right. You're you're in the White House. You're in the freaking White House. You're right. supposed to be watching over the country. So don't tell me you can't plan long term while you're dealing with the short term. But, but Mike, not only ignoring it, they've already allowed coastal communities to not even consider mm-hmm. discussing climate change in their long term planning because it is a economic burden. An economic burden, a hundred billion dollars bailing Houston out, that's an economic burden. Yeah. There's, there's something else as well that's, that's sort of prevalent right across the whole uh, debate. Um, so on top of climate change and, and the lack of conversation about this is this flood maps. So the convention goes that uh, if you're in the floodplain, you're at flood risk. And if you're not, then you're not at risk. Mm-hmm. And that has been really used in Houston. So they have accelerated development in outside the floodplain on this notion that you're not at risk. And so when FEMA does its flood mapping, that translates from federal level to state level to local level. It informs all the realtors. It informs the banks. It's what, every, it's what individuals, when they're buying a home, makes their decision on whether or not they are or aren't in the floodplain. Those maps are wrong because they don't take account of urban flooding. Mm-hmm. They're completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're so, old. So, for example, our research in Illinois, where, um, where we work with the state of Illinois to do a study, they found that 92% of flood damage payouts were outside the floodplain. Right. Mm-hmm. You're no more likely mm-hmm. to flood if you're in the floodplain than if you're outside. That doesn't mean you should be, flood- you should be developing in the floodplain because you need to keep that area free for water to flow but it doesn't mean that you can just develop well in any outside. Well, I, I, I'm, I might be in favor of some draconian laws, is, is, which is we're not going to give you floodplain insurance anymore. Build wherever you want. And if it happens, you know, uh, good luck with that. But you, we've got these municipalities like Houston trying now to desperately buy back homes that have been built in the floodplain. And they will do it following Harvey now. A lot of those homes are are damaged, and they will say, "No, you're not moving back in there. We're going to uh, we're going to take over this house now because this is the only way we can move forward." Uh, they have to, it seems to me. They can't just continue to to do the same old, same old. We'll probably have another 500 year flood next year. Yeah, and think about say five years from now, someone goes and buys a house or wants to buy a house to go. Um, so, um, were you hit by Harvey? You know, and they'll go, well, yeah, but it wasn't that bad. They can easily look up that information. Immediately, the value of your house starts to drop. This has a huge economic impact on Houston Mm -hmm. from a standpoint of real estate. Not a year, two years, five, even 10 years from now. Even New Orleans is still struggling. And that was 12 years ago. And New Orleans is what, a city of a half million people? This is the third or the fourth largest metropolitan area in the United States. But they're still 
the population is 15% lower than it was in 2005 when the hurricane hit. That's the other thing is that a lot of these areas get wiped out, people move, and a lot of them move to Houston, of all places, which is very interesting. We're we're taking calls. You bet we are. 847-475-1590. We're, we're, we're about to take a break. 847-475-1590. We'd love to hear your comments on this. Uh, that's Harriet Festing in the room from uh, Flood Forum USA. Meteorologist Rick DeMaio is here. And as you can tell, we're having a bit of a lively conversation, and we hope that you will be part of it. Uh, again, 847-475-1590. Uh, we've got so much to get to, including one of the things that I've noticed is all the stuff piling up outside the homes. Mm-hmm. And people go, hey, mm. they got that all cleared out. Where's that stuff going? Yep. You know? And what's in it? What's in it? Yeah. Huge Flame. environmental concerns. Flame retardant and chemicals and everything going to landfills. Boy, what could possibly go wrong? It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that's easy and creates beauty. Make the switch to native plants, natural communities native plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies, without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the word NOVAK, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. Don't just get back to nature. Create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. Hi, this is Lisa Albrecht from the Illinois Solar Energy Association, and once again, we are raffling off a Tesla to one lucky winner. This year, it's the 2017 Tesla Model X. That's the sports utility vehicle. The proceeds go to ISEA for our work in advancing clean energy development in Illinois. Each ticket is $100, but you can get four for $300. Only 2,500 tickets will be sold, and you can buy as many as you'd like. The drawing is December 7th, and you don't need to be present to win. Go to IllinoisSolar.org for details. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Well, it isn't it a ranger? It's gonna send the water from Zion. It's gonna raise his heaven up high. It's gonna rain, rain, rain. Well, it's gonna rain. It's gonna send the water from Zion. It's gonna raise his heaven up high. It's gonna rain. See, now I, I get to pull out all of my favorite <laughs> rain songs. And we got a few likes on that music, too. Uh, did, yeah. <laughs> did we? we? And we're, we're live on Facebook, by the way. Yeah. If you aren't watching us, go to the, the Mike Novak Show on Facebook. And we got a number of folks uh, watching on Facebook Live, and I appreciate that because it's a really important conversation with meteorologist Rick DeMaio and uh, Harriet Festing from Flood Forum USA. Uh, where, where, where do we go from here? We're going to get to you in a second, Nick. We got a phone call. Uh, coming in. Uh, let's talk about that junk that's all piled up there. And and you mentioned something during the break, uh, Rick, about monies uh, allocated or not. But first of all, sure. we got all this stuff that I, I have not heard anybody, you know, and you've got these reporters and they're out there uh, and they're kind of clapping their hands and saying, see, those people are working hard and they're fixing their homes now and they're going to they're going to put new drywall in. And I'm thinking, Look at the couches. Look at the look right. at the old drywall. <clears throat> look at all the mold. Look at all the the te- uh, chemicals there. Where's this all going? And we all know where it's going to go. It's going to go to a landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody addresses that issue. Uh, and and in Texas they would say, well, we got the room. Don't worry. We can just we'll just pile it up. But this is the way we work in America. Is yeah, we got the room. We'll just we'll just throw it someplace and for, uh, forget about it forever. Yeah. Not, say, not yeah. only not only where are you throwing it, but what are you throwing out? 
Yeah. You know, from that standpoint as well. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I remember happened after both Andrew in 92 and Katrina was there was a shortage on lumber in mm-hmm. this country for about six months. You couldn't yeah. go to a Home Depot and go, yeah, I need some lumber. Well, sorry, we're out of it. Right. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, it's all being shipped down to help mm-hmm. rebuild. Ron Cogill was talking about that today on Mighty House. He said... Watch for a shortage in drywall. Mm-hmm. It's right. gonna, it's going to happen. Right. You're going to that happened. Or the or the price is going to get jacked up. Yep. The the gas prices are already going up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's a ripple effect all the way all across the country. And, and I know you want to take this phone call, but with with Donald Trump, President Trump being quote an economically sound president, we we think he's, he's using he's air the, quotes. He's yes. the business guy. You would think that this would resonate with him. This this is this is something that is costing Nothing, a lot of money. I'm sorry. Stop right there. You're assuming the guy has a, 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 a prayer of having a rational thought in his head. This guy is a child. All right. We are in such danger by having him in the White House because he's not capable of thinking like a normal human being. When I see him on, on TV, I turn the sound down. When I see him trying to make comments about how we're going to come and protect you, I turn the sound down because he's useless. He's worse than useless. He's, he's, he's harmful, and he needs to get out of the way and let the, the adults in the room take care of the problem. Exactly. That last sentence is most important, Mike, is the adults in the room, the senators and the congressmen and the administration, the people who are realizing that this is now an economic problem. Mm-hmm. When you see the GDP go down a point and a half, when you see jobs go down, you know, from where they should have been because of the lack of, of jobs being now uh, taken away from the Houston area because businesses, small businesses may not be running for six, nine months. And will at that point, not not Trump, but the administration and Republican senators and congressmen begin to get the point? That's the I, question. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Well, and, and one of the points that had come up as well as this is affecting every all the industry down there, plastics that are shipped all over the world for everything. And the production is being halted right now. That's mm-hmm. an economic problem. Well, let's, the, United the, Airlines, a hometown airline, which has a hub down in Houston, mm-hmm. $265 million lost revenue this week alone. Okay. And there are more subtle, longer term. So research has shown that um, women who are pregnant, affected mm-hmm. during disasters, are more likely to give birth to children with long-term development problems. You know, the stress of this. Yes. The, the, so the residents the I've been working costs. with in Louisiana um, have just so, so so some of them have just one year later after the flooding in August yeah. 2017 I, just about to move in their home and they're just at risk of flooding again. I yeah. have a friend in the Houston area of uh, was it Friendstown? I I can't. One of the places that had big flooding, her home missed it. But she is a counselor and she's doing uh, PTSD counseling right now and she's doing all this other counseling while her home is almost flooded. And she right. says. The need is so great. Right. And, and, and you were talking earlier about the cost of this. And when, when these uh, flood managers say, we can't afford to do this, okay, can we afford the, the pregnant women who are going to have to be treated? Can we afford United Airlines losing all this money? Can we afford uh, all, the, all the people who have to rebuild again? They don't ever look forward Mm-mm. to the cost. No. It, you know, and, and that's our history, again, in this country, is that we put all these future costs out of our mind mm-hmm. to, for, for cheap plastic at Walmart. Basically, and, and most of it, I know you got to get to this call, but most of the reason why the Trump administration has reversed so much of what the Obama administration had put forth is to satisfy his base, is to say, I'm going to do everything and, and anything possible to make sure we forget about President Obama and all the tree hugging mm-hmm. liberals that spent all of your tax dollars uh, on a wasted effort that could never happen. And now look what happened Seven months into his presidency, it's almost like some divine intervention above said, you know what? This isn't Democratic. This isn't Republican. This is me upstairs telling you the game has changed. And there's another one waiting on the Atlantic Ocean, and it's called Irma. All right. Let's take a real quick phone call. Let us go to uh, Nick Nick from Sandwich. Nick Nick from Sandwich. Good morning, Nick. You're on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Hey, good morning. Um, Wow. I I mean— I couldn't even follow up with that. You guys are saying exactly what I was thinking of saying. That's good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right on board with you. And it's, um, you know, they claim that it's the, uh, they don't want to politicize this, you know, or they always claim, oh, the, the liberals are, 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 are politicizing this, 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 uh, this. Well, 
you know what, if you, it kind of comes down to being a political, because they're playing politics with it. Mm-hmm. Look at what, look at, if you think back eight years ago, now, not almost nine years ago, when they all crossed their arms and sat down and said, no, I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm not playing with this guy. It, where, if, if we could have, you know, we probably would have had a new WPA or a new, uh, CCC, mm-hmm. you know, Good point. Where things would be. So I just want to, you know, when they claim that, oh, we're politicizing it, you know what, they've been politicizing it from the beginning and it's ruining us. And, you know, look at how, all right, you know, there's, how's your, uh, how's your libertarian experiment going now? <laughs> you know, really? Um, you know, no regulations. It's, it's not regulations. It's consumer protection. You want, you want Billy Chris? Them, you want Billy It's Christ? holding them responsible. It's holding those companies responsible yeah. for doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and what what are we not even talking about right now? We're talking. Well, what we are talking about is the flooding here. But what about in Bangladesh? One third of the exactly is yeah. geographically underwater. Yeah. Now that is that is a is a disruptor of your society. If anything, this is this is certain. You know, this is screwing with everybody's lives throughout the United States with the lumber shortages and all this stuff going on and the gas prices. But one third of your country is underwater. Yeah, that's a displacement. That's something's wrong, and it's those you know it's those those people there have probably less of a carbon footprint than we do. Yet they're hit first and worst. We're you know yet we're you know and so this is not com- nothing compared to that. So anyway, I yield. I love your show. I'll tune in tomorrow. All right, thanks, Nick. Appreciate thanks, Nick. it. You wow. know, Nick makes a good point about how we flooded so much in the Chicagoland area until the deep tunnel went in and has actually helped out quite a bit. And that was mitigation efforts that was decided on about 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was a multi, mm-hmm. multi-billion dollar project. And it's still not finished. It's still not finished. It's got another 10 years. But, but, it, but it's working, and it's a plan. And it's a plan that went into effect to make sure that we don't have these 20- and 30-year floods every five years. I, I, two issues that we really need to get to. One is, is something you alluded to at the beginning, uh, Harriet, about what – People can do. I mean, if if we have this and we just rant, uh, we're not doing any good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is what we can have, uh, expect in the future, Rick, in terms of storms, and and put this put some kind of perspective on this storm. But I want to start with you, Harriet, because of uh, Nick's call. Uh, how do we affect change now? That's part of what your organization is all about. Right, right, right. Well. So we affect change by mobilizing people, you know, getting them out onto the streets. We had this incredible example, you know, partly what inspired me to get Flood Forum USA off the ground was working with the village of Midlothian in Illinois. Um, In 2013, some residents had devastating flooding. It had been one of uh, many flooding events. They got together, a group of them, they called themselves Floodlothian Five, they got their neighbors involved. They got T-shirts. They went to every single meeting, uh, protested, put up yard signs. Um, eventually, with the help of CNT, Center for Neighborhood Technology, uh, you know, when I was working there, um, they got the attention of a state rep. They got all the agencies involved. They now have an $8.3 million investment plan uh, from MWRD. And perhaps most interestingly, they had never got the support of their mayor and various trustees. Mm. The elections at the earlier this year, um, they uh, promoted their own mayor and trustees, and uh, the the uh, former mayor was voted out by 80 percent landslide victory. Wow. Because he was doing the same thing that this guy in Texas was doing, was probably saying, "We really don't need to to fix anything here." Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we need to organize people. Um, in in. I think it's worth, you know, interesting to talk about where Chicago and and Cook County is in this whole debate. And and I mentioned to you before, I think, you know, there's there's kind of three things. Do you acknowledge the risks? Uh, Do you have the leadership and partnerships in place? And do you have, are you willing to actually take action? Um, I would say Chicago is, uh, has really made huge strides towards the recognition. There's, there's some, um, and leadership. So this really incredible. When you say Chicago, do you mean the area or the city itself? 
So I would say the area. Mm-hmm. Um, because we still have Des Plaines River, and it floods every time, and people still live there, and they're still getting flooded but out. They completely rebuilt, but they completely rebuilt River Road from Tui North to Northwest Highway. In Des Plaines. In Des Plaines. Yeah. It's rebuilt. It's about a foot and a half higher. They have two lanes, and that was a great plan, and it actually helped out a lot with this last flood. And there's a levee there and right. gates. And but, but, mm-hmm. but I think that is an important point. You know, acknowledging risks to leadership and partnerships doesn't necessarily need to mitigation. Uh, to, to real action, and, and it's not happening at the scale. So I think we've seen uh, NWRD uh, really showing leadership and starting to invest seriously. I think I can't see the leadership in the city, and that really needs to change. Uh, that's, I, that's scary because we will have... We won't have the scale, I suspect, of the, of the flooding that... When it comes Harvey to the environment... But we will have yeah. a big event... Uh, there's no leader that I can put so in So you're saying it to. will happen here. Something will happen in Chicago. There will be an event. I mean, we've already had. We have those six-inch rains here and, and, and more. Uh, you're nodding, Rick. Uh, well, we need to take a break. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I will say one thing about Chicago leadership in terms of the environment. It's a great big black hole, okay? And, and all energy is getting sucked into it. And, that, yeah, and, yes, I'm pointing at you, Rahm Emanuel. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More on this. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Yeah, you know where this one is going. This is, this is an easy one. We should have gotten some uh, more creative uh, rain songs, but that's the way it goes. Hey, did I mention... That uh, it's September, which means that if you had a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, you'd already have the September-October issue on your coffee table to impress your friends. And you'd be able to wax poetic about gardening problems that you read in the Q&A column, like why peonies might stop blooming and how to fix that, or why certain plants get powdery mildew and how to fix that, or how you used to read my column on the inside back page of every issue. Huh? But you figured out how to fix that by simply not turning to that page. Ah. That's what we call a quick fix. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. We have meteorologist Rick DeMaio, who's, who's busily writing little notes to Peggy here on the side. And uh, we have Harriet Festing 
from Flood Forum USA. Uh, this has been a great conversation. We, we're going to need to wrap up, but we need to get to the idea of the new norm. What are we in a new normal, Rick? I mean, yeah. You know, one of the things that you, yeah. you, you wrote to us as the storm was approaching. Last you, last Sunday morning, yeah. I sent uh, probably a dozen emails mm-hmm. when I started to see how much rain came down over Saturday night. And I said, this is going to be this is going to rival Katrina. And uh-huh. a few people came back, said it's it's just just happened. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. You get yeah. you get two feet of rain in Houston. And then the thing is actually going to the storm is going to loop back. This is this is going to be as bad as Katrina. I asked you about that because I was afraid, and it did actually. It came back out over the Gulf and started to strengthen again. It didn't have enough room to to go back into a full hurricane mode. But we had there were winds gusting to sixty miles an hour. People were forgetting that Beaumont and Port Arthur, Texas, had nearly forty inches of rain from a tropical storm. And typically, when a hurricane moves over the water, churns it up, cools yeah. things down. It shows you how warm the Gulf is, not at the surface. But to probably a depth of about 100 meters or so, that shows you the volume of the warm. In other words, the heat content that this storm was able to generate that much more uh, strength after basically sitting over land for two days, mm-hmm. came back over the, over the water, and Monday and Tuesday still dumped another 24 to 36 Unbelievable. inches of rain. Yeah, it, that, that's never happened before. Katrina never happened before. Sandy never happened before. But all these things are happening. So if you get you get three major hurricanes in twelve years, you finally have to begin to say to yourself, "This is happening." Now, someone said to me, "Boy, you get so excited, like you want this to happen." No, I don't want this to happen. But when you see these things happening as a scientist, you begin to say, "The chances of it happening are going to increase, and they're not going away." Yeah. People say, "Was this was this caused by climate change?" I say, "No, it wasn't directly." It was contributed by climate change. The other two things. That's what I'm reading, too. A lot of people are saying the same thing. They're saying, no, it did not cause it. It contributes to it. Because the thing is, whenever you ask a question, you have to be able to get to to an answer. So you just say it caused by climate change. The answer is incredibly hard. But it's three things. Climate change created a storm that was much wetter. The atmosphere is, is meandering much more than it ever did in the month of August and September. So these storms aren't moving as much. Two, poor urban planning. And three, it hit the fourth largest metropolitan area in the United States. If it would have been 100 miles further west, you're talking about muddy farm fields. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But you can't take that chance with increasing population across the coastal areas of the United States. It's happening now. It's going to continue to happen. And, Mike, you asked what we should do about it. Yeah. So we should create a network of green infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We should stop developing on prairie land. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should start retrofitting homes. There are low-cost things you can do on homes right now to protect them. We should make sure that our data analysis takes account of real flooding. It's not just about whether or not you are or aren't in the floodplain. Mm-hmm. We should make sure that it takes account of climate change. We should do things like make sure that the communities are coordinated so they know who the volunteer boaters are. They know where to park their cars. And who is we? We, well, <laughs> you need the collaborative partnerships. Um, so uh, so you need the, obviously you need the leadership, uh, but you need the, the multiple organizations to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a, in a place like the Chicago area, you know, you already have them in place and they already work quite well together. Mm-hmm. The state floodplain managers, the Chicago Metropolitan Planning Agencies, the Metropolitan mm-hmm. Water Reclamation District, the city of Chicago, but the city of Chicago has got to get on board, and they've got yeah. to start to take this much more seriously. You know, the first things you mentioned here relate to economic growth. Exactly. We, we hear about this president wanting to have economic growth exactly. and infrastructure. This could be part of it. Staying in the Paris Agreement would have allowed us to partner up with other countries around the world to say, how are you guys doing it? Let's join in. Again, pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement made us do this all by ourselves. And on top of that, they don't want to even do anything. So the fact that we pulled out of that and the fact that they are basically ignoring us puts us not back at home plate. It puts us in the dugout. It puts us outside the stadium in the parking lot. We're not even on the playing field, Mike. Mm. And, and there is a way around that, too. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's the we. Well, it's the it's, we. But it's not. It's the we, but it's the we putting pressure not on the president because I've given up on the president. Right. It's Congress. The, that the fact that these folks are not paying attention either and they have constituents is mind-boggling it's 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 really frustrating that they they they're content 
to get their directives from a madman in Washington and not do anything. If, you know, if he says climate change is not a serious problem and they go, OK, yeah, we, we, we go along with that. And there's no consequences. Where are the consequences? Mm-hmm. And that's where we, the people, comes in. The coattails right. are shredding right, a bit. Right, right. And there were They're many, shredding. even in the city of Chicago, there were many older men. You know, we would go again and again to meetings with the older mm-hmm. men who would just not take this very seriously. So we, you know, it happens at the very granular yeah. local level. The sun's out. There's what's the problem? Yeah, it's hard to tell a 21 year old that you need life insurance. Right. Right. It's really, it's really hard at that point. Oh my goodness! There's, there's just so much. I think we're going to have to do this again. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I mean, this <laughs> is the issue. We can't do this all. And, and you've got notes there. What are you pointing at? Because we got two forecast. Minutes. Forecast. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I know Rick. He's Rick, got thirty seconds. He can do that. that in, he can do that in thirty seconds. That's the um, easy part. Hurricane Irma right now, Category Three hurricane. The European model takes it onto the coast of South Carolina. Next Monday, as a Category Four hurricane, and we posted the, that to Facebook. The, the GFS, which is the Euro, which is the U.S. model, takes it right over the Mid Atlantic coast, Virginia, New Jersey, New York. Long so, Island. so right now they're talking. Pick your poison. So both if, of those are going to be 150 billion dollar events if that happens. So it, it right now the models are, are taking it into the Mid Atlantic, somewhere between New York City and Miami by next Sunday night into Monday and Tuesday. What about the uh, the possibility of it veering back out to uh, to the Atlantic? The chances of it going east of Eastport, Maine, at this point are probably less than twenty percent. Really, is, this is going to be. So we're ready for another. This is going to happen, and this and, is going to happen. And yeah. it, you know, we don't thank, want it to happen. Thank goodness it's not going into the Gulf of Mexico. At this point, but right, there are other storms right, behind it. This is a very active season, isn't um, it? We'll we'll wait for about the other storms behind yeah. it. But uh, our weather today could see a shower or two this afternoon, mid seventies today, eighty tomorrow, low eighties on Monday. Then a strong cold front comes through Monday afternoon. Um, then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, temperatures in the seventies, overnight lows in the forties. Oh my goodness! It's it September. Is September. All, no kidding. How weird. Uh, I haven't played golf yet this year, Demio. I'm, I'm, I can, I can squeeze in around. Let's, I have, I have Fridays <laughs> up. How about that? Let's do it. Okay, okay. all right. Because I'll do the Facebook do, live. Do you golf here? Yet? <laughs> I don't. I okay. don't. Uh, we'll, we'll just come along and watch. If folks want to uh, get more information from uh, Flood Forum USA, they go to floodforum.org. Floodforum.org. Go to my website, MikeNovak.net. I've got a lot of these articles up there. I might add more to this post as we go along because mm-hmm. they just keep coming in. It's it's in it's intense. We're, it's still intense and more on the way. Rick DeMaio, thank you. Uh, let's set up that uh, golf date, okay? Uh, thank you both for being on the show tomorrow. Uh, we've got Ken Santowski from Ch- Chicago Logistics Service. WBEZ's Monica Eng will be on the show as well. Tune in at 9 a.m. Until ne- tomorrow, go green or go home. Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.